Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spiteri, joined by Gooey Fame. What's up, Goo? Hi, um, not much, just chilling. I'm off today, um, so I'm chilling. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to put my detective skills to work and maybe infer, or maybe not though, that uh, that McKenna is also off today uh, as, as well, she's joining us. That's what I was going to say. Technically, I'm off today. I work did at you, midnight. Did you pull like a crazy all-nighter? I she I work at started. midnight tonight. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so yeah. Tech- as soon yeah. as as soon as I started to say that, I was just like, oh no! I hope I didn't like jinx anything. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, she wasn't, and then you said that, and then we just got an alert. So the boss is just like, you're coming in tonight. Um. Well, yeah. So uh, so we're we're all here. It's a it's a special episode, as is any episode that uh, we have a guest on. So excited to to dive into this. But I um. I have to admit, I was, like, really... I think I was kind of on the fence about today's show. And, and not the show itself, of course, but, like, the, <laughs> the, the product that we were covering. Yeah. But uh, I I came away quite enjoying what we're going to talk about today, which is, of course, the Tetris movie. And, and I don't know about you guys, but, like, when I think of the Tetris... Like, when I first heard of the Tetris movie, it reminded me almost of, like, the social network um, when you know like, when that movie was announced, I was like, "Jesus, they're making like a Facebook movie, really?" Yeah. Um, but then I I ended up loving the Social Network, and I actually think there's a lot of like similarities between those two movies. Um, so yeah, I, I was like very very pleasantly surprised watching this movie, and uh, you know what? Well, it is a good indicator of a movie's quality. I feel like. If Samantha can stay awake watching it past like the hours of nine PM, <laughs> okay, she started watching this at like eleven, and and she was up for the whole thing. So yeah, lots of thoughts. Uh, definitely not a perfect movie. Lots of critiques that I have and will point out. But um, yeah, I, I'm excited to talk about this uh, this movie, which uh, I think right now is only unfortunately streaming on Apple TV. But it's you know maybe worth a free subscription to go check it out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um... We should also say we we're we're doing this as a sort of a, another crossover with virtual theater or with a virtual theater and flashback because um, this is going to come out probably right before on our show we're covering the game Tetrisphere for the Nintendo sixty four and so we were kind of going into Tetris mode you know kind of going back mm-hmm. and playing some Tetris and stuff. So we thought it would be fun to kind of preempt that by just mm. uh, diving into the origins of Tetris. So uh, we did that in um, a lot of ways. We were, we were playing different versions of the game, but as well as we watched this movie, we also watched uh, a couple different like documentaries uh, on it and all kinds of things. So um, uh, I, guess I, I guess I wanted to shout out the... Uh, I sent you that there's a an old bbc documentary called yeah. uh, from russia and, and with love we can love. start with that if if you want cuz i i didn't get a chance to finish it i only got about halfway through oh you watched was... that one okay well we can kind of use no, it no 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 i'm i'm sorry oh. i'm mixing him up i'm thinking of the world record one. Yes. sorry so there there well there's a lot of stuff we watched so we watched there was a there's a bbc documentary you can find it on youtube i think that's where we mm-hmm. watched it that kind of tells the um the just like historical story of it. It's like a documentary. Also, the game and gaming historian has a video that kind of covers similar things, um, and that that was kind of good. Like kind of compare and contrast like 
the story mm-hmm. of in real life in the movie. And then uh, we did also watch. We'll talk maybe a little bit, but we did talk about. Um, we'll 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 definitely get to it because there we'll talk about it a little bit afterwards because there's even been, been development in the competitive Tetris world. But mm-hmm. uh, needless to say, we've been in kind of Tetris mode. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and there it's such a fascinating story because I, I think yeah. that like. Most of us, I, I think, probably knew that Tetris was created by, like, a Russian engineer. I think mm-hmm. that's common knowledge, but, like, I I didn't know the full story of, of Tetris. And, I mean, like, the movie the movie isn't, like, the true, you know, what I <laughs> yeah. mean. It's not, it's not like this all happened. Obviously, it's exaggerated for film, but, like, a lot of it, a lot of it is true. And, like, a lot of the the general feel and like the general gist of the movie is based on fact. It's just like a wild story when, when you think about it and it's, it's very much a, like almost like a, a political drama in, <laughs> yeah, in disguise. Right. It's like a video game movie, which, which I think is like kind of cool and, and, and whatnot. So again, I, I'd like you, you, I think that your, I think that your enjoyment of this movie is going to very much depend on like, your willingness to just be like, I know yeah. that this didn't happen, but like, whatever, this is a movie. Um, I did. Um, I will say I kind of, I was, I was like you were, I was like, I was on the fence. Even when I finished it, I was like, I kind of want to hear what Andy has to say about it. Like maybe <laughs> that'll help inform it because I, I did kind of walk away from the movie, like sort of with mixed feelings about it. Not, mm-hmm. not just of how historical it was, but there's a couple other things we can talk about, but I don't know. I, I kind of... There's things I enjoyed about it, and there's other things that I'm like... I don't know. Like, you compared it to The Social Network. I don't think it's in the same, like, sort of league as, like, that movie either, you know? But I think it was, like... It was fairly watchable, and it was, like, kind of... It was kind of fun. A little silly, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say, like, t- to me, Social Network is, like, an A-tier, and this is the same type of movie, but maybe, like, a tier below, if that makes yeah. sense. Kind of, what do you think? Just generally speaking... Um, yeah, I I liked it a lot actually. Uh, I there were a lot of points per, points during the movie where I was like, all right, how exaggerated is this? Like, wh- what really happened? And mm. I, you know, I ended up doing some research afterwards just because it like, uh, it inspired me to go find out more about it. So I I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Yep. I I agree. Um. All right. Well, there's a there's a ton of like stuff uh, surrounding this movie that that is also interesting, and I wanted to lead off with uh, one of the most interesting things that that I thought actually, where this movie is actually uh, in in the midst of an ongoing lawsuit. <laughs> yes. With, yeah. Uh, with the with a guy that actually, and I'm not like big into the world of gaming journalism and stuff like that, but I recognize this name. Um, Dan Ackerman, who works at Gizmodo and had worked at a couple places before that, um, where he wrote a book called The Tetris Effect. And uh, I guess this movie is very, very similar to The Tetris Effect. And, uh, well, that's where the lawsuit comes from. Mm. I will say, so I haven't read his book, although I might change that because I'm very interested in it. But um, there's a lot of... uh, there's a lot of similarities and not just in like the, so for example, there's a character in the movie who turns out to be an undercover, like KGB agent who 
uh, Ackerman kind of infers is based off his speculation of what happened in his book, which is uh, which is kind of interesting and whatever. So this is ongoing, but I don't know. Like I, yeah. I kind of feel like it's good for the movie and good for the book in a weird way because it makes me more interested in both. If that makes sense, the the book takes the takes the route of because so there's an element of the movie where it, they make it into this sort of spy. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, thriller? thriller? Yeah, which is also in the book, which is not... Like, if you look at the actual... So that's... I just want to comment real quick. I have sort of, like, a tier list of, like, my issues with it, <laughs> of the movie. This is sort of on the B tier, because I don't I don't necessarily think it's bad, like, the like to embellish reality and kind of make it a spy thriller. Um, but there was something about it where I feel like... I feel like they didn't go all the way with it it was almost like too i'm not saying it should have been completely wacky or something but um the way it's presented it's like it's like got one foot in the like this is a like just like a real retelling of the actual events and then it's also embellished and then more importantly i think the actual real life story on its own um not saying you don't shouldn't change things if you're trying to make like a entertaining movie or like a movie with a point or whatever but i feel like they there's some aspects to the real life story that not it's not that they changed it but they like they kind of like skipped over like really i think some some of the more fascinating aspects of the actual story that i think would have made for like a very like cool story to tell in favor of like kind of embellishing that sort of spy thriller part of it. So that kind of left me a little bit mixed. Like um in the beginning of the movie, um Hank Rogers, the character is kind of uh catching everyone up to date and he's talking to his bank or whatever and he's kind of yada yadaing through like a lot of very fascinating parts of the story. So that that right off the bat kind of had me like what's what is this you know and it kind of left a a poor taste in my mouth i I would say i'm not opposed to like making it like a crazy fun spy thriller but i don't know it kind of it kind of like i said i it it did leave me wanting more like of the real story Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's i don't know if that's fair but you want to see the alexi movie that that's my that is my number one issue. I don't want to just like do five minutes of all my issues, but <laughs> my number one issue is we've kind of had the string of movies. I think since you remember that movie, The Founder, the Michael Keaton about like McDonald's or something. I never saw it. Yeah, there's I never the, saw it either. But I know that, what you're talking about. There's the Hot Cheetos movie. There's so many movies now about like entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and I think the heart of the actual story is the story of Alexei Pejetnov. And they, they did touch upon that in the movie, and I, and I thought he was pretty good in the movie, but I feel like, again, like they're, they kind of, in the beginning, are like yada yadaing through some of the fascinating aspects of that story. And um, even with like trying to connect it to the spy thriller thing, they kind of just drop late in the movie. He's like, oh yeah, and my father like got into some trouble, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like they could have, made him the focus of the movie instead of it's like a movie about like a you know like a cool businessman or whatever <laughs> you know mm, I, I see what you're saying but i but i don't think i agree with that critique very much um 
And then, and I mean, like, there's no right or wrong to it. I, I think the movie was, like, honestly, I, I thought it was really compelling. And, like, yeah, like, it's kind of a formula that's that's been done before and whatnot. But I think when you add in, like, the... Like, it, it obviously helps, like, if you're a fan of Nintendo and a fan of Tetris and a fan of games and stuff like that. But you, you've also got... I think it walked that line for me, like, really well between, like, it, it kind of gave hank a little bit of shine it gave alexi a little bit of shine and and also gave you like some some excitement with the spy thriller stuff i i do have some critiques that i want to get to later that i i think they're kind of in the same ballpark as you um but Mm -hmm. but i wouldn't say that it like tipped the movie off of that line for me I, i still think that the movie was able to walk that line but but i will say that i do think that so there's like what is there like five acts to this movie or whatever that they that they have like a different title oh, that comes chapters on the screen. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The chapter, I think the first chapter was the toughest. Um, yeah. just cause it was like really trying to like fit, fit and get everything going. Like, cause I think they didn't want to spend a bunch of time explaining to people like how Tetris was created because I mean, it was created via a programmer and it's not the most riveting television, but it, but it's interesting if you're, I like, think a it programmer. is. No, I think it's an interesting story. And there are some things in the actual creation there that are, that are interesting. Like, uh, like the movie deals with this about like trying to negotiate with them, but that stuff mm-hmm. with the, with the Bob Stein in real life, there was some of that going on early on. And it, it actually, if you had f- featured Alexi, like there's some interesting stuff because he first like they they deal with this in the movie of like who who is in control of this because like kind of the the system is kind of falling apart and people are trying to like grab what they can from it and then also there's just like who's in charge of what so when when that in real life when the bob's i mean they did it's not like wrong they just kind of skip over it when bob stein uh was trying to figure out who to get the rights from uh Mm -hmm. he he contacted like the place where alexi worked and alexi pagetnov kind of just on behalf of the um the college or whatever i forgot what it was the computer academy the academy was like dealing with him but then like later on that company elorg is like wait a minute, like, we, like, we're supposed to be in charge of this, and I, I, f- I found that all, like, actually very riveting, and, like, this idea of, like, he created this game, and he's kind of, like, having to negotiate to get it out I, there. I, like, I think that part is interesting. I more mm-hmm. so mean, like, the actual, like, programming, building, creating of Tetris, like, they, they very, they showed at a very, very high level, where, like, you could see him at work, and he's, yeah. he's creating this game that gains steam, but like I, I understand why they didn't focus a whole lot on that, and, I, and like everybody knows what Tetris is too. So like yeah. I, I kind of get what the first act was going for, where I just wanted to get to business. But like I do think that they threw a lot of stuff at you like really quickly, um, which which made it tough. And, and to be fair, like this movie, like the movie has a tough task. I I think in that making like and we can sit here and say that we thought that the rights battle was like really riveting, but. I, I think that it, it is a tough task to like say like to people like oh yeah this this battle over who gets the right to distribute Tetris you you do have to I think shine it up a little bit and make it like really exciting and really like high stakes and I, and I think the movie does a good job of that but like I think if you just if you just were to say to someone yeah the movie is about who gets the rights to publish Tetris that, that's a little bit of a of a tougher like walk I think but uh, I don't know that that was just my two cents that 
that's something else you were talking about. Like, I feel like I can feel the movie sometimes trying to be like, this is more exciting than like, mm. I think the movie is a little worried about it just cause I noticed like they had a lot of like the sort of like animated things they did for it. And they would like kind of show, you know, like little pixel art of like the NES or arcades and stuff. And I felt mm-hmm. like they like used it so much, like like they it was cool like one time but then later someone would just like mention arcades and they'd like flash it on the screen and i feel like the movie is like wake up wake up don't fall asleep this is not boring and it's like no the movie is int- like i feel like it's like not confident in itself i feel like it's kind of like i don't know there's something about like the actual just like that was kind of on my lower tier but i feel like just the filmmaking of the movie is not good you know what i mean mm-hmm. i feel like it doesn't it doesn't want to fully like take a stance on that and, and and there's just like weird things in it too that are like i don't know i, I don't think so man i i don't agree with you i think it's like actually like a i, I think that that stuff works and and yeah i, I get what you're saying like it, i think that uh yes they they probably use like the the little graphics and stuff too much but i think once you get past the first chapter the movie kind of settles into itself and, and figures it out a bit more I, I think a lot of that for me was like in the first chapter specifically where I was like, okay, like what what kind of movie is this? What kind of direction are we going here? And once we got past that, then I, I thought that it kind of found its groove. Um, I like, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't, yeah, I, I don't know if I like would agree with that. And I'm jumping way ahead here, but like specifically at like the end of the movie when like they just cut through or they cut between like the three different negotiations for those rights. Like that was awesome. Like that was super riveting stuff and i guess you could be right like maybe they don't no, need like, that other like window dressing but i don't think it took away from anything well that part yeah that part was cool and like that's that's the aspect i mean about the real story that's interesting is there were like really like intense negotiation situations um and i don't like i yeah i don't mind the use of like embellishing with the pixel art stuff it just felt like they went back to the well way too often and i, I just felt like just from like a, I don't know, somewhat of a technical perspective, there was weird thing, and and some of them felt haphazardly included. Um, I want to briefly mention there's the the for the the clip they used of um, Punch Out. They took they just took a clip from a Game Grumps video. Um, <laughs> there's like they they've got the like their, their sidebars, so it feels like it feels like whoever got that clip didn't know the game doesn't have the the game grumps color sidebars in it and they're just like whatever and they threw it in or like when they when they mentioned lincoln zelda in oh, the game that was awesome they had the minish cap they cut to a picture of link and blue link from the minish cap and i'm like yeah whoever got this you know like the other ones they show mario and luigi you know what i mean it felt like then it was cut to lincoln zelda and whoever had the clip were like i don't know like just we we looked up some Minish Cap Let's Play on YouTube and got the footage there, where we got all our other footage. So there was aspects of that where I, it felt like it felt sloppy. I guess it it it, it didn't like fully ruin it or anything, but it did kind of like and that was a lot of that stuff was right in the beginning, and it kind of like that on top of like I said skipping over some things. It took a minute for me to really like kind of get settled <laughs> into the movie. I guess you could say. What did you Let's think just about hypothetically all that? say? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I loved all the pixel art stuff. Mm. 
that's like that's like one of my favorite game art styles. I thought it was cool. So like I was the like, location I like the stuff yeah, I cool. really like the lo- the location stuff. Uh, you it, know, it wasn't in the like exact style of like what Tetris contemporary stuff would be, but I was like willing to be like, okay, you know, I get it. Pixel just means retro. That's fine, yeah. you know. <laughs> let me let me ask you a question. Hypothetically, if you haven't been doing a ton of research about Tetris for Flashback sixty four. You just watch this movie, just knowing what your average Joe, like me, knows about Tetris. Do you think you enjoy it more or less? Um, I don't know. Because I feel like... Maybe certain... Well, I don't know. Maybe about Tetris specifically. I found like a lot of the, the video game stuff to be fun. So like, mm. as someone who's into video games... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe not, uh, doesn't know so much about Tetris. I think maybe a, a little more enjoyment. Yeah. I could see it as being like, oh, the, like the a, the, the, the number one thing, but I think the number one thing would still bother me because it's like the, like I said, the story of just like, oh, we, like it, there's enough movies about like the creation of, like, I think of what's fascinating, like, to me, the, the true story of it all is that it's, like, like someone created, like, this almost, like, perfect work of art, you know what I mean? And, like, I would, I think I would still be left w- the movie being, like, okay, but what was that guy's deal, really? But instead, the movie is about, like, a guy marketing a product, you know what I mean? And I feel like that that is just kind of a type of movie that... I mean, it can it can be good. I don't know. I'm I'm curious. Like, I want to see that movie Air about Air Jordans. <laughs> mm. I I think that looks good. I mean, The Social Network is a good movie. Um, I'm not saying it wouldn't be bad, but I feel like there there's something. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe knowing more about it does make me like it less. But I I don't know if it's necessary. That's what I kind of think. But I don't think I, that's I, that I, I an invalid critique. I, like I think no, it's because... I, I don't think so either. It's just that this isn't that movie, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's not... Where Social Network kind of did a better job, because I think the, the creator was also the main character, which, mm. in this movie, the creator is, like, you know, obviously not your main character. So, you, so in the Social Network, you had an opportunity to, to look, albeit very briefly, into, like, what Zuckerberg's life was like and everything like that. This one, mm. yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, you, you don't get that kind of... Um, I don't know. You don't get that kind of uh, detailed look into Alexi's life. Like if but they you, you, if they were gonna make a movie about um, uh, Donkey Kong, the creation of Donkey Kong, and they were like, the movie's not about Miyamoto. It's about Hiroshi Yamauchi or whatever. Like, wouldn't you be like, what the hell? You know, like. Well, this isn't about the um, creation yeah. of Tetris. It's about the exactly. It's about the rights to Tetris. That that's my point. Like, <laughs> it's not it's not that movie. You know, I, like I hear what you're saying. Yeah. This this is like when I was bitching about Resident Evil Two, though, being like, why is this like a scary, like, creepy movie? Right? Like, it's that it's a valid critique. And I, I think those two it's stories just, not what just the movie go is. hand in hand to me. Like those two stories. Yeah. Like I I think they probably could have like cut a lot of the exaggerated KGB stuff and like added well, I don't a even little... mind that. It's like I don't know. <laughs> like, I yeah, like I, you could have put like a scene of Alexi playing like pentominos, which is what Tetris is inspired by, and like. <laughs> 
That's another. That's another heartwarming he has, like, thing. He has like a throwaway like, line when they're like out clubbing about liking like folk music, which is like what the Tetris theme is. Yeah, it's like it's like everything about his life is like almost like it's like an Easter egg in the movie. Like he sees the game, a snapshot in in the window, and he's like, "I'm gonna you know make a game." Out. I don't know. I I feel like I don't know. I feel like that's too. It's too important that it it should be. It should have been a focus, but I don't know. That, I mean, that's fair, and, and I think that's valid. Uh, it, it, it didn't ruin the movie for me, uh, like obviously, um, mm. but but I do think that that's you know a valid critique. They like they do spend some time with Alexi, but but he's certainly not your main character, right? Mm. Like it's it's certainly definitely the movie about Hank Rogers and and the struggle to license it, which you know for for better or worse like that's what the movie is I, I see what you're saying but i think in terms of like just accepting like what the movie's going for I, I still think it does like a really really good job of making what might not sound like the most exciting thing exciting and then obviously yeah like there there's a bunch of stuff that like you, you just know that like this didn't happen or these characters aren't real right but yeah. i don't like i don't mind a little bit of uh well, i like that stuff. a little bit of tabasco sauce in my soup you know what i mean i like, like the parts where like robert maxwell screaming like yeah. i need the handheld rights to tetris today <laughs> you know it's like amazing was, that there's a movie it was great like i like that aspect of the stuff i was just like you know what i mean it's like there were just certain things that i wish like it would have made it from like oh that was okay yeah. to like Oh man, if like they, because part I think part of the two, and they do do it in the movie is like, I think one of the reasons, um, it it goes over so well is that I think Hank and Alexi kind of like bond a little bit. You know what I mean? I feel mm-hmm. like that would have hit so much harder if it if it the movie. I'm not even saying Hank wouldn't be a main character, but you know, like, I feel like the two of them it would have made. A more of a compelling they, they probably story. could have devoted a little bit more time to Alexi. I, I think that's I think that's fair. Um and I and I, I like I don't disagree with that actually. I guess where we are maybe disagreeing is I, I don't think it like hamped like hampered the movie where mm. like I, I think if you do though, like I think that's valid, right? Like I, I you could have had the same movie but devoted you know, found out exactly what Alexi's father did or found out exactly, I don't know, like a, a few more things, right? Or maybe you could have spent a little bit more time with Alexi as he was creating Tetris and like taking, because I, I remember going back to Social Network again, I remember one of the key scenes in that movie is when like the dude asked Mark Zuckerberg, he's like, hey, do you know if so-and-so is single? And like, that was like the big moment for him where he's like, relationship status on Facebook, like it, it, yeah. it was such a small thing, but like, it was a big, a big part of Facebook and like maybe a moment or two like that could have could have went into yeah. like i don't know you could have spent some time with alexi before the creation but but i think that goes back to the problem of the first act because like you get to the first act and tetris is already a thing and mm-hmm. like someone's playing it and it's it's very muddy at, at the beginning and i think that the the first like i said the first chapter i think just wants to get things going so much that they like it, it is muddy i, I think and, yeah. and maybe well, yeah, you could have spent a little bit more much, time with alexi i guess that's pretty much what I think too is that it, yeah. I mean, I don't know how long the movie is. I guess it's kind of long. It's about two hours. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, but some I I don't know. Sometimes you need that much time. I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, like like I said, like I I do think the first act is tough. Uh, to get to get your bearings on because you're like, I thought this, like I thought it was about the creation of Tetris again, and it's like no no no. This is actually about the the marketing of Tetris and the rights to to how we get this into the world. So 
maybe it's just uh, like I I didn't really know what the movie was about other than like Tetris, so mm-hmm. I just assumed it was about creating the game. So it it, it was a little bit kind of. Uh, it took me a little bit of time to catch up. Probably not until, honestly, they, uh, like, Hank Rogers started, like, actually going out to places and, and pitching people about what this game should be, um, or could be, and stuff like that. So, I I will concede to, like, the, the opening, yeah, was was kind of rushed a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I guess, like, I, I almost see why they did it, where it's like, you know, like, do we do we want to tell like a full-on origin story about Tetris here? Like, if everybody knows what Tetris is, I, I can see why they did it, but I I think they yeah, should have been brave right. and they should have gone for it because I think <laughs> I think there's stuff there that people could have connected with, but I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe when the Alexei uh, Pajanov biopic comes out, which would be awesome, by the way, that'd be a sick yeah. movie. They could they could really go like all in on that because I yeah, there's more on the bone there for sure. I, I think I think I'm okay with kind of trimming it down for this production though but I, I think that's a valid critique mm-hmm. fair enough um, yeah. yeah okay well let's uh let's get started let's just actually pick up right from after like the first actor so so I loved the second part like when when Hank I felt like this is where the movie kind of settled when Hank is like okay like I I'm getting the rights now to this game. And I also thought it was like kind of confusing at first as well. Like who owned what? Cause you have yeah. Bob Stein, you have the Maxwell's, you have like all these different people. And it's like, doesn't this like, doesn't Alexi own this game? And, and then you kind of got to factor in like communist Russia. Yeah. And like, so there's a lot going on in the first act so and is a little bit confusing. That's, that's why too, I think just laying the groundwork with that stuff yeah. more would have made it. Cause that stuff, that is very confusing and it's very great. Cause like, so the deal was like, Bob Stein was going into the Soviet Union and like getting the rights to games cheaply because there there wasn't really much you know what I mean it was like not even it's not like a market there you know what I mean and then kind of like yeah mm. you know sort of like backdoor like getting them out uh to other companies and so like it, the, I find that very it is it is confusing because it's natural like there isn't it was confusing to everyone involved. And so I think that is, that is pretty crazy. And like, even later when they like, they kind of just renegotiate what, yeah. what they even had the rights for. It's like, I don't know. I find that crazy. that It's just like, yeah, never, we're going to change it. You know what I mean? And what, what can you do? You know, not a dang thing. <laughs> not when you're in the middle of communist Russia. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of characters and a lot of movie stuff in the intro. I I would think, and tell me if you guys agree with this. I think the movie really settles like when Rogers gets the rights, and then he's like, okay, time to go to Nintendo, time to start pitching this. I, that's when I think the movie like really kind of took off and and got going for me. Yeah, that's where you mm-hmm. get the I like I liked Howard Lincoln. <laughs> that's cool. Oh yes, You're well cast. I, <laughs> Both of them I actually loved... were great, but. Howard Lincoln was a highlight of this movie for me. Maybe the highlight of the movie for me. Just because, like, you know, you and I, we did the console wars. And mm-hmm. I've read a lot about, like, old Nintendo. And just, like, he he just... Howard Lincoln seemed like a cowboy. And that I think they got that across in this movie. Like, to a really good degree. And that scene, dude, when they... 
when they fucking bring Rogers in to see the Game Boy, that was like almost a spiritual experience. So I was like, first of <laughs> yeah, all, I was like, oh my god, so it's, ridiculous. Yeah, it's Lincoln and it's the freaking president of of uh, Nintendo of America, Minoru Arakawa. And this, this like Game Boy on an altar, and they're just like, oh, it's like it's so awesome. It's like hooked up to some crazy, you know. They've got something yeah. coming out of it, and it's all like this some stuff. like rainbow strip. They've got that whatever the thing from Assassin's Creed the movie was that Desmond goes into. Like, oh wait, it was here nuts. Can we? We might be able to recreate. I might be able to recreate this for you. Ready? I, this is not really good for a podcast, but uh, how, how does this make you feel? This um, this isn't the actual. This isn't the Game Boy. It, it's not the OG. It's brick. a Game Boy. Pocket, I've actually, but... I've got the OG brick behind me, and it's uh, it's it's quite the it's quite the system. Still indestructible. I remember having one of those as a kid, and I had Tetris, of course, on the Game Boy as well. And like dropping my Game Boy onto like the ground from like six feet up, and like the thing never broke ever. Uh, pretty cool machine, but just like that scene with like the pedestal and the Game Boy and like the the slow synthwave Tetris theme playing, I was just like, "Fuck yeah!" This okay, this is now we're cooking. Now yeah. we're now we're doing good here. Yeah, or no? And when, I guess we when he saw it, it was uh, they were like they were telling him like they had Mario, and then he's like, "We gotta get Tetris. We gotta get Tetris on here." Yeah. I, I do love how, like, in the movie, too, like, everybody just instantaneously realizes what a perfect game Tetris is. And it really is a perfect game. Yeah. Like, like well, that's, yeah. it's it's just timeless. Yeah. Well, that's what's cool. That's cool about the, the, the way, way back origin. I'm going to harp on it some more, but it, it is just cool. It's like, you know what I mean? He just programmed it with, like, some uh, parentheses and then a bunch mm-hmm. of other it like split spread like wildfire like even there you know what i mean like it, it it's crazy how mm-hmm. it even before like even before they thought to like launch it with the game boy you know it already was kind of like like busted out you know what i mean like it was gaining this word mm-hmm. of mouth it's like it's like kind of crazy you know i guess that is that's where we uh find hank in the beginning at that like trade show or whatever where he's oh he's marketing yeah. like go or whatever but um yeah, it's like, it's Tetris itself, I guess we haven't really even touched upon the game itself, but like, yeah, like you said, it's it's basically perfect, like, from the get-go, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like, they've, they've changed, you know, added and changed little things here and there, but like, the core game mm-hmm. was is already so, like, untouchable, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, uh, no, not much innovation me. required, you know? Tell me if that scene where Hank and Alexi are, are just at his apartment playing the original version of Tetris, where Hank suggests putting in, like, taking out four lines at a time. Is that true? I don't know. Oh, um, there was, we were, I was watching one of the documentaries um, where I believe um, when they met and they, they kind of bonded, I think, right away. Uh, so I think, I think, like... I think both of them commented like they kind of like that part of the movie um, in general. Mm-hmm. And they, I can't remember exactly, don't quote me on this, but I think there was sort of a thing where like Hank immediately started talking about it. Like, you know, I think he was just like immediately selling it, them on it and like all the things they could do with it and stuff like that. So I don't know if he specifically actually came up with that, but I mean, he was mm-hmm. a, pro- he was a programmer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, oh, and I guess that reminds me. I wanted to just mention too. What is? What did you both think about Taron Egerton as Hank? I already kind of told you, but like, what did you think of of his portrayal? McKenna, do you want to go first? Do you want me to tackle this? Um, well. I mean, I think he's a great actor. Yeah, but like, I do too. I like him. I do think if you look at like the actual Hank, yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not which quite, is okay too. You know, yeah, you don't necessarily yeah, it's, need it's the little, kiss. Um, but I do. I, I don't know. I I think he could have been like a little bit like goofier, maybe. I don't know if that was a him thing or like a directing, just based yeah. on like some of the like video. Because Hank is Hank, a bit of like, a goofy took, guy. Uh, he like recorded some of his trip. I think he was yes. he was in his hotel room. Like, he just, I don't know. He felt kind of like goofy in in that. Yeah, a little I bit. Th- Not like over the top, but they do they do hit on hit on my my main thing with it is you don't you don't necessarily need to cast someone who looks exactly like someone or even sounds exactly like someone you know. But the mm. they talk about like kind of his um his like uh life story a little bit like where he born was born and grew up and he's, he's kind of a unique guy in that sense and he's kind of just like a very unique looking guy and i like taron Edger- 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 edgerton <laughs> but he's kind of like a basic looking guy you know what i mean so i feel like that was for me it was it was kind of a let i feel like they they could have picked someone who's like uh you know he didn't even have to be the same nationality or anything but just pick like a guy who looks a bit more unique or something but i I think he did an okay job in the movie and everything he's doing kind of a voice i I thought he was great to to be honest with you um but i'm i'm also like i will also mention as well like sam really likes taron edgerton so like i think i'm just like more willing to be like yeah okay i like him too kind (laughs) of thing he looked exactly like uh young leonardo dicaprio looked like him talked like him huh. like he was doing his best leonardo DiCap impression okay. in this movie and i don't think that's a bad like i agree with everything that you think so. that you said i i don't like I, I thought he was great like i thought he did a good job with everything um he wasn't goofy but like again like i wasn't expecting him to be goofy because i like i mean i don't know a lot about the real life um hank rogers yeah which uh it probably works in my favor here I think like, yeah, I I think like he he did a lot of heavy lifting in this movie, uh, and, and I think he, like yeah, I think he did a good job, and I I would probably say that to be honest about almost everybody in the movie, like I I, I don't think that there was any like real stinkers performance wise in this movie. I don't mm-hmm. know that I would say there was any like like truly like whoa kind of like performances, but um, I thought everyone more or less like. Yeah, did did like a really good job and, and like held up their own end of the bargain to make it like a like a solid like like I said kind of like if the social network was like an A tier movie it's like this is a solid B tier movie mm. as well and I don't say that divis- like derisively just that's kind of what I thought of it and I and and again I was expecting this to be like a, a D tier movie so I was pretty much yeah. pleasantly surprised by everything. I think uh, I think if there's one person who's kind of like the standout to me it was actually I kind of liked. Well, I liked the Howard Lincoln guy, but he's kind of a smaller role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one role I thought was very interesting and also, like, honestly, a person that I would watch a movie from their POV, not saying they they should, but... uh, I think you're going to say the same person I thought. Maybe. I'm thinking the guy who's the president of Elorg, the Russian 
yeah. company. Okay. Just because okay. I find, like, the the dilemma he was in, like, it, it was similar to real... Like, he had pressure yeah. in real life from, like, the government. Not in, like, the same intense way, but he kind of, like, had to sort of, like, take on this role... At, you know, in a time where there mm-hmm. was a lot of uncertainty of who should even be in charge of anything, and also right. part of part of the reason in, in like IRL and I, I in the movie that uh, that it went the way it did was because he, uh, you know, he said he kind of says he was um, sort of won over by Hank. He kind of was like the only person who didn't seem like he was trying to screw him over. Or anything mm. like that, and I just I don't know. He seems like I don't know. He seems like a compelling figure to me. You know what I mean? In in like the crumbling yeah. days of uh, their uh, the old USSR, yeah, their bureaucracy. Yeah. He's kind of like trying to make sure um, you know people get their due, as opposed to a lot of other uh, people at the time, like who kind of were like, well, let's let's take whatever like any industry at the time. It seemed like there was. Mm-hmm people who are like let's take it for all it's worth you know what i mean we we recently watched like part of this documentary about like uh, they they um talked about like their auto industry and like one of uh, one of the first oligarchs <laughs> in russia was someone who you know was given control you know of this privatization of the auto industry and they're like well let's uh, steal all the cars and sell them to people on the side you know what i mean like so there's right. a lot of that so i think like a story of a guy who was just like trying to like Make, do the right thing I guess is I don't know I liked him and I think the actor did a good job in the movie and like just I, the I way agree. he was like playing them off all each other you know in the yeah. negotiations like that was fun that was the coolest scene in the movie I thought that negotiation scene yeah I I, I really liked him I, I was gonna say like low hanging fruit I thought maybe the best performance was Toby Jones as Bob Stein he was, he's just got that great oh, look yeah. You know, I like that like actor the, too. Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's got that look, and he's just got that like like skeezy salesman kind of vibe to him. But like he's <laughs> yeah, he also kind of gets screwed a little bit as well. But like I I thought that uh I thought that he did a really good job acting wise and and character just a character in the movie that I wanted to actually we could we could just save this for when we talk about characters in general. But um, there was a few other ones, but there was one character that I wasn't quite sold on that that ended up winning me over, which yeah, we we can talk about. But mm. acting wise, I thought everybody was pretty good yeah. in this movie, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. McKenna, you have any standouts? Um, probably uh the same the same guy you're talking about. Yeah. I think he really. I picked the right guy. He uh, I don't know. I thought he was. He also had sort of a a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> in some, uh. I think of like the the one time when he, the first time he responds in English, uh-huh. to uh, oh yeah, to <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> that was funny. Like, of course you speak English. <laughs> yeah, um, um, yeah. Oleg, Oleg Stefan, born um, Oleg Stefanovich uh, Stevanko. Mm-hmm. He's been in some uh, some kind of cool stuff here. Um, uh, the Apocalypse Code, Duplicity, The Americans with. Uh, uh, the Good Shepherd with Robert De Niro. Uh, that's kind of cool. Okay. So there you go. Um, yeah. So um, let's uh, let's go back here and uh, and kind of follow where the movie is. We skipped over an important part too, which is that. Um, so let me see if I can get this right. So Robert Maxwell is a media tycoon 
who owns I can't remember what his company is, but he owns like this this big conglomerate uh, and he's a billionaire. His son Kevin Maxwell, who is like the silver spoon like rich stuck up kind of little shit, is the CEO of Mirasoft who has agreed to buy the rights for Tetris from Bob Stein. Um, now, Mirasoft is then licensing the rights to Hank Rogers, but only in yes. Japan because the American rights have already been sold. So in Japan, they're selling them the rights for PC, console, and arcade. I got that right so far, right? Yeah. But but then they fuck them and they take away the arcade rights. Mm-hmm. And so that is why Roger goes back to Nintendo after making a deal and he's like, I need some money. And then Nintendo says like, listen, get the handheld rights and you can have Tetris on Game Boy, which is about to like take over the world. Um, which is which is kind of cool. Like again, it's in it's in the first. It's it's actually not in the first act. It's right at the beginning of the second. But it's so it's a little bit hard to digest. But like once you kind of get that, and I think the movie like kind of reinforces it enough times that it, like eventually like I got there. Yeah. Um, and I, I like I said I didn't do any research, but like eventually you kind of get there. I think that this would actually be a better rewatch a second time. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. actually I, I don't know, but that's a, but yeah that's, th- another, that's kind of the lay of the land. That's another facet of the story that I feel like is interesting, and they could have like maybe highlighted a little bit more. It happens kind of in the same time where yeah. Um, Atari gets they they think through like all these weird deals they have the rights to console Tetris so they're mm-hmm. gonna they they actually do because they they um with their their Tengen games on the NES they found a way to bypass the whatever that wouldn't let games that aren't approved by Nintendo um, get played so Tengen released like a bunch of games for the NES like Gauntlet and Tetris. Um, which is it's like a completely different version than what became of the official NES Tetris, and so I think that's mm-hmm. even fascinating. Is like through this, like yes, like different, like there wasn't like a sort of like uh, it's not like uh, I guess there's like some games like this, like like Donkey Kong has a similar backstory where because it was before like Nintendo was fully established, where they had like an Atari version and like a like a computer version. Uh, but like you know, we eventually get to the point where, you know, game it becomes a bit more uniform and standard. You know what I mean? So they're like mm-hmm. the fact that we have like all these different versions of Tetris is kind of like baked in, like from the beginning of it, which I think it's very like a very interesting aspect about the game, and it's mm-hmm. like kind of even persists to this day, even though it there is like now an official Tetris company and whatnot. There, uh, there is three hundred thousand copies of that Atari version of Tetris that that still exists. Uh, I don't know if all of them exist, but there were three hundred thousand copies that were made, and then they were um, they were forced to stop production of these cartridges because they didn't have the rights. And now they're like a pretty big collector's item, I guess. Yeah, which is uh, pretty pretty wild to think about. But we were playing. Yeah, just... I think it's based off of that. But we were playing an arcade at the arcade Tetris, and I think it had a similar. Like the blocks, the blocks in that one always looked weird to me. They were like trying to give them like a 3D look or whatever, but we were playing mm-hmm. some of that. Um, I don't know. It's interesting, but again, it's still, it's yeah. still Tetris. So um, mm-hmm. it's, I feel like it's hard to mess it up, you know, but people have, but it's hard. I feel like. <laughs> and, and so that's, that's another big plot point of the movie here is that, and this is where, again, you, you're probably right. They could have probably 
went over this a little bit in greater detail. Um, and I think that that's where, like, if this is just, like, a documentary, it would be easier to have, like, people just sit in front of a camera and just, like, directly explain this. Mm-hmm. So I give the movie a little bit of leeway because it needs to walk kind of a, a tight line there um, between being entertaining but getting you, like, a lot of exposition. But, so, so Bob Stein is fighting with the Maxwells. Um, and, uh, and so Rogers makes a direct offer to Bob Stein. He's like fuck these guys give me the handheld rights i'll buy it for 25k so they make an agreement and then bob stein fucks him and sells the handheld rights to atari for 100k and then and this is where the, the movie i think also really levels up for me where now they're just like i'm going to russia mm-hmm. to get to get the rights directly from you know directly from the horse um so i i think that like when when the movie shifts to moscow once again is when like the movie i think levels up mm-hmm. yeah for sure i like uh, that was that was pr- pretty climactic like that 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 felt like you know i don't know i thought like that at that part i felt like we were like at the mid like what should be the midway point of the movie but it was like mm-hmm. we we're just getting started it's still you know pretty I mean? early yeah so i felt like oh we're leading into the climax like but early but i guess i guess from what i understand like they went to russia more times and actual film than real life or something so they kind of had to you know yeah. mm-hmm. they kind of had okay. to like make well they made the climactic moment a different thing but yeah i think i, I read <laughs> at one point he goes with someone who's who speaks uh russian fluently and is also a lawyer mm-hmm. it's like you know do the all the legalese stuff yeah mm. um okay so so you know how we've we've kind of talked about like there's definitely some moments and characters in this movie that do not exist and they're like very cliche like movie characters right mm-hmm. uh, one of those characters for me was like the the translator that he hired and I was just kind of like like oh, come on like this is this is stretching the realm of believability a little bit to have like this loyal translator who's like in all this like puts herself in these dangerous situations for this guy I will say. That I, the twist with her won me over a little bit. Where I was like, okay, she's, you know, spoilers, she's a fucking KGB agent. <laughs> you know, I I can accept that. Like that's a I little don't... bit more believable to me. Not that believable is the wrong word, but like I thought that that was better than just like your cliche translator or whatever. So I was like, well, okay, like yeah, I, I'm good with that. <laughs> what do you, I feel like? Well, well of course, it's it's kind of. I feel like you'd have to find like uh, more direct sources, but. He did have a he translator, say and it was just some random that person he hired. He didn't exactly... So the quote doesn't exactly say that she's KGB. What it says is that everyone in ho- his hotel was KGB, and he hired mm. her. I think that's what he's implying through the quote. Yeah. That's that's what the article takes. Um, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, it says it says like, oh, he knew. He says he, that he knew she was KGB like the second he hired her. Mm-hmm. Which mm. I think I think he's embellishing the story <laughs> a little bit. That's what I think. Because okay, because in a different thing I had read, they like they had asked them like, it was it true? Like, was there this sort of like, because there was like government pressure on the company to to do specific things, right? I th- like. That is undeniable, but I think, um, like, when they asked him about, like, what about all this, like, spy stuff, KGB stuff, and he was like, 
he said in some interview, like, well, it felt it felt like I was being spied on because, like, people seem to, like, know a lot of things about me that I was like, wait, how'd you know that? But I like mm-hmm. I said, like it was just him being paranoid, essentially. Um, yeah. And, I'm, you know, there there's probably some truth to certain aspects of it, but I think he might be embellishing a little bit like like in the thing. I, I, I agree. I want to read more of that. How did he know everyone at his hotel was KGB? <laughs> like, what is that based on? What what do you what they got their know? KGB badges? Yeah, right. So, <laughs> um, but that was again, that was like, I think that that could be a pretty fun. I actually liked his translators kind of ending where she's like taking down I, the I guy who's yeah. like trying to usurp it all or whatever. Like, that was funny. <laughs> and, and that that was a character that didn't work for me, but but she won me over at the end. And and I agree. Like I I think it's you know, like the KGB agent like being undercover, like that's kind of like a movie character, but mm-hmm. I like that movie character better than the movie character of like the translator that just falls in love and like is along for the ride and puts herself in all these dangerous situations for like this guy that she just met. I have no doubt that in real life he hired a translator and that Maybe, maybe there is a world where she was KGB, but I, De- when I first saw the character, I was just kind of like, eh. They were never in yeah. danger. Like, it doesn't seem. I think, I think he was, like, intimidated a lot, and he was, you know, I think he was kind of in the back of his mind, like, he had sort of in his mind, my my guess is, like, a view of the Soviet Union, which there's a lot of truth to it in the movie, but I think the movie kind of gets a little bit on its high horse about, like, you know, mm-hmm. communism versus capitalism. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. like the, the they were in a horrible mess at that point in time. But, like, do you? I mean, I don't know if I watch that now, and I feel like, well, t- you know, things are way better off today than than what was going on then. You know what I mean? So, I think there's a little bit of like that sort of like being afraid of like a place you don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, probably yeah, also d- totally. just having that consciousness, like he's going in. Like, just by going with a tourist visa and trying to conduct business, he's already doing something illegal. Sure, yeah, I can see that. Like, there is, I mean, there probably was some danger to that, right? Like, he could have probably I mean, gotten arrested, but, yeah. like, that would, that would happen in America, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if you went here and tried to start do business on, on a tourist visa, like, you would get into trouble. You'd get mm-hmm. deported or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably wouldn't have been good there either, but... Yeah, um, I do. I, I did make some notes here, and I I think this kind of echoes your original critique about the style of movie that it is, particularly when they get into Russia. And listen, like the USSR is crumbling, and like clearly communist Russia sucked. Like for a lot of people, like oh yeah, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, not trying to say that it didn't, but it, it, there is a very heavy like, yeah, we got to be capitalist in order to be a great country, and like it's just, it's a lot of pro. There is a lot which, of kind of pro-capitalist messaging, yeah. which is, is is sometimes a little bit like ham-fisted. Like that at that party, like where uh, where you find out that um, uh, Estonia is is basically gonna leave the Soviet Union. Uh, then everyone's just like, "Yeah, we could be capitalist now." And it's like, oh, okay, like it's, this is a this is a little yeah. much. Like it's you know, like it's not like to kind of echo what you're saying. Oh, like things are exactly better on the other side. I mean, the grass is always greener, but like, yeah. you, you know what I mean. It did feel like it was trying to like position Hank as like the good capitalist, and he's like fighting yeah. the evil capitalist. I, I I think it's trying to do that with both. It's trying to both sides the argument. It's it's actually I and I feel like it, it kind of it lacks a little bit substance in like in some of the 
portrayals of it, but it because it, it does too with they've got the KGB agent, but then the good one who's like trying to do mm-hmm. the right thing. Same thing. They've got like the you know the Russian guy who's trying to do the right thing, and then they've yeah. got the 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 Maxwells versus you know they're trying even at the even at the I don't think it wants to have necessarily an opinion on that. You know, what I mean, it's just kind of fine. But you know, even when they're seeing the end of the Soviet yeah. Union, they're like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? And he's like, oh, probably both. You know, so it's like you know, it's, it, it which, feels like they're which is trying kind of to frustrating, be. but it's true. Yeah, well, yeah, because um, yeah, I mean, it does it doesn't go good for sure after that for yeah. them. Um, but I, I think I do think that the movie goes out of its way to make sure that like you don't just have like evil Russians. Like, really, the only like bad Russian in this movie uh, is the KGB guy that is like your he's just your villain just for whatever reason. Yeah. And, I guess the other guy, like the, what is, is he like the KGB ambassador to like Japan or whatever that comes and threatens uh, Hank's family? Oh yeah, <laughs> that guy's pretty sinister too. Yeah. but those are the only two evil Russians in this movie. By God, yeah, yeah, really. I think, and and I think <laughs> like having people in the movie saying like, oh, we need to like go capitalists or whatever. Like, I mean that 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 what I mean even from like who ended up uh well it was it was more of a the next Boris Yeltsin, the next uh, mm-hmm. leader, but that I mean that was the plan. They were like, okay, well, we'll yeah, we'll allow more. It did happen. I guess it didn't really happen in Tetris. It kind of happened before that. But that is that would be an interesting facet to explore. Of like, well, once they once they did start allowing like more freedom or or more quote unquote private freedom privatization, like. How yeah. how that kind of shit the bed too a little bit you know, but that's kind of a whole different I guess story. But having people kind of express that sentiment, I don't think is necessarily wrong either. You know, like because there were people who mm-hmm. felt like that way. But but at the end of the day, yeah. it felt like the movie is a little bit too. It's too a little bit too like, you know, it's kind of trying to be a romp at the same time. You know, so it's not. I don't. I don't know. It's not really gonna like hit as hard on those things. You know. But maybe it could have. Yeah, maybe it could have. I I, th- I think it was a, it was a little too, like yeah, capitalism is is awesome. Yeah, um, and, and maybe we're just like jaded by our current world, but because I'm sure that a lot of people back then probably felt like capitalism is going to be awesome for for Russia and everything like yeah. that. But um, well, that's what that's what I mean yeah. too about like like I said, I've it's just like it's not even necessarily. Maybe it's not necessarily wrong that Hank is like the POV of the movie, but it's just. I, I just feel like I've seen so much of that, of, like, these inspiring stories of products that I'm like, all right, you know, like, give me something when else. I, when I was watching this movie and knowing you as I do, I was like, and I knew that you were kind of, like, iffy on it. I was like, I, I bet you this maybe stuck in Goose Crawl a little bit here because it, it sticks in mine a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, not to, like, the full extent I don't think it, it did yours, but I was just like, oh, like, come on, like, this is... Because well, like, I don't need any capitalist propaganda bullshit in this movie. <laughs> Just tell me the story of Tetris, man. Like, well, because there is something, there is still something about it compared to like, like I, re- I mean, I really don't care about like Hot Cheetos, you know what I mean, or like how they got <laughs> released, or like unless there's something really interesting there. Though I heard like that movie is like mostly a lie. And there is, I don't know, but mm. in this there is still there is something nice about the idea that Alexei came out of this, not just because he did eventually get credit, like, before, like, even in the reality of the movie, like, before even, like, 
it got out to Nintendo or whatever. He he kind of got the credit for it, but I think there is something nice that he sort of then got to sort of have some say in the direction of Tetris. He he eventually left the Tetris company, but he did come out of it with with Hank, and they kind of had the Tetris company together. And there is something like heartwarming about mm-hmm. that that he sort of got not the credit for, just the credit, but he sort of got to sort of. I don't know. Yeah. Dictate. Have a hand in its future. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, it's fine. It's fine. He went and did other things, but you know, it, there's something nice about that. So I, I, I can like that's why it doesn't bother me. It bothers me a little bit, but not as much as say some of these other movies where I'm like, who cares mm-hmm. about <laughs> this thing? You know what I mean? Um, I will say I thought the movie did a really good job of um, like creating a, a believable bond in a short time between Roger and Alexi mm. or between Hank Roger and Alexi actually I, I thought I thought there was like one instance where I was like are these guys about to smooch because like this is gonna level <laughs> this movie up even more but, but it did not happen but I, I yeah. was like I believed in that relationship I, I thought that they did a good job with that specifically the scene like I said I don't know if it's true or not but like I really like that scene where Hank's like you should have it where like you could do four lines instead and like both of them are like oh yeah and, and whatever just mm-hmm playing tetris mm-hmm. which is cool yeah sweet um okay so so i'm gonna bring us up to speed here as best as i can about what the fuck is happening with these tetris <laughs> rights because the last thing that we know is that uh everybody's going to russia so what happens now is the russians have arrested hank rogers and his copy of tetris because they think that this guy stole it and created a bootleg copy because they never licensed tetris for consoles only for pcs However, their definition of what a PC was was very, very, very vague, which is what Bob Stein took advantage of in making this game for uh, the NES. Was it? It was made for the NES at this point, or was it just Atari that they were talking about? It it wasn't at this point. I don't. I they also messed a little bit with like the real life release of certain things, so it is it is a bit harder to mm. follow. So I kind of like right. confuse the stories in the in my mind, but. They also, I, th- yeah. I think they also didn't know it, like, because of the sort of, like, chain of licensees. Like, they almost, like, didn't know, you know, they're like, we only license it to so-and-so. But it's like, he tried, yeah. he had to, like, kind of explain to them, like, well, then they license to them, and they license it to me, you know. And they, they kind of just didn't view that as valid yeah. at all. <laughs> and so, um, Belikov, who is, uh, who we were talking about earlier, who is the, the head of uh, um, Elorg the yeah what is elorg it's like a foreign trade or something like that right it's like kind of organization yeah it's sort of what they created to be like the their software like their software company that they would license things to you know other countries and and what you know other types of programs and things like that all right so so belikov is ahead of this organization and uh he basically decides what to do with tetris and um and yeah, he thinks that Hank Rogers stole it, so he doesn't like this guy. But Hank Rogers has a legitimate contract that if he can ever get access to a phone in the USSR, he's going to prove that he did not steal it. So this is a, a really cool scene, I think, because now everybody's like, give me the rights for Tetris. The hand- Everybody wants those handheld rights because they know that Game Boy is about to be a huge thing. And and even Nintendo, like Howard Lincoln, there's a scene where he's like, it's over, kid. Like, you, you lost it. And then try again. We'll work on something else. And Rogers like, fuck this. I'm going back to... Uh, Going back to Russia, which, by the way, 
uh, as soon as soon as they said in that movie I think this is like in the first act where the daughter's like, I can't wait for my dance recital or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this fucking guy's never making <laughs> no. it there. Not a chance. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so yeah, this is a great scene in the movie and where they have... He, he did in the uh, beginning also... He put like everything, his house and every. I don't think this actually happened. Oh yeah, He right. put his whole life I, I uh, on... Uh, like He's like, uh, as like a... Uh, what do you call it? Like he put it up to the on bank. the line as yeah. as collateral as collateral yeah, yeah yeah so like his house and all that like so he's taking a big gamble I guess that makes the story a little bit more like ooh there's some tension there but yeah I uh, yeah I I thought that I thought his stuff with the this is a quick sidebar his stuff with the family was fine it was like it didn't add anything for me it, um, me either no I thought it was funny like at the recital. When they just show the empty seat, like nobody would Classic. sit there. Yeah. There's just an empty Classic. seat now. Yeah, <laughs> it's in the front row too. Yeah, I also was like, it's like, well, at, just at the end, like it felt like he didn't really like he didn't have much chemistry with his family. At the end, he's like, he's like, hey, I, will you sing the song for me now? And I'd be like, I was like, fuck you, dude. Like, what did you? Do? I a hundred percent agree. That's one of my critiques of this movie. Not only is the family stuff not work, but I was like, the ending. I was like, this guy like. As at least as portrayed in the movie, like kind of sucks. Like he he just missed his daughter's recital. He's yelling at his wife. He's not. He doesn't seem that sorry about it. Like he's and he just kind of like you see for me now. And I was like, I don't know if I'd be forgiving him if I was his family, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, that was that was undercooked for sure. But if you're if you're um, buying anyways. if you're buying into like the, you know, it's it's a great thing to risk all your like your life and everything in the name of like. A, a cool deal <laughs> like a brave business yeah. venture that's what i mean is like it takes kind of the pov of like we got we should honor these entrepreneurs taking risks and uh moving fast and breaking I, things you know like <laughs> well maybe now that i'm saying this i agree with you more than i thought i did but like i i think the movie's actually trying to say that that's a bad thing yeah but i just don't think that they do that very well because no, like, the whole family you know? plot's just kind of like yeah whatever like it's not a big deal and there's no there's no like ramifications for it it's just kind of like oh can you just like sing me your song now i feel and, i also feel uh, like when when he's kind of down on his luck at one point when he thinks they've lost it all he's just sort of like uh, he's like gets all mad at him about it and it's like i mean they're they're yeah. right to be upset with you man <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> I, I, that that's a critique i i'm with you i agree 100 percent with that i i had that in my notes to talk about at the end but yeah just talk about it now the family thing I think they could have just like completely just had his family off to the side and like just hey I'm I'm going back to Russia or like like I thought his wife was fine enough before the fight where she was kind of like a partner or whatever but not yeah. not a whole lot there after that. Anyways, so we're in Russia, we're in Moscow, we're at the Elorg headquarters, and we have got three parties all desperately vying for uh, for the rights for this game. So we've got. Um, Got Hank Rogers, obviously, of course, and his translator slash KGB friend, who we find out is not his friend, who actually staged like some photos of them smooching for his wife. Pretty, yeah. pretty devious tactic. Um, you've got pretty... Bob Stein, who is slippery and uh, and about to get about to get boned in a big way that he doesn't know about. And you've got uh, and you've got the the Maxwells. Kevin Maxwell, yeah. I, you know, 
Let's talk. Can we talk about the Maxwells for a quick second? Yeah. I was going to bring this up at the end, but let's just talk about them now. What did you think of Kevin Maxwell specifically? I felt like they were like letting him off the hook a little bit. Actually, they were like, um, yeah, they they made they made sure to like make a point that he didn't know about what his dad's doing mm-hmm. in almost like a cartoony way, which, like mm-hmm. I said, kind of like lends itself to the tone of the movie. But you know, he'd like. There's so many scenes where he's like, what is that, Dad? And he's like, don't you worry, Kevin. You know, it's like, don't look at all the, it's just an accounting error, Kevin. And it's like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, it's like, like you're the CEO and like you're just letting your well, dad walk to, all over you. To be fair, <laughs> he's only the CEO of like Mirasoft, yeah, right? Like yeah. He, I think he's asking about like the entire like big potato that's, company or whatever. I that's what I mean. In like in my version of it, Ke- like uh, Kevin would be like the fail son type, you know? Who's o- he's only there? He's only there because his dad. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like he, yeah. And but no, the movie kind of just presents him more neutrally, and I was like, that's that's so. It just did not match they, with like my. They certainly present him as, like, an asshole yeah. at, at the beginning. I, I think what they tried to do is give him a similar story to, um... Oh, fuck. What was his name? Um, in Minority Report, the guy opposite, uh... Fuck, I can't even remember <laughs> the actor's name. Uh, uh, in Minority Report, like, the, the cop that comes in and is eventually, like, trying to take Tom Cruise's job, like, eventually, uh... Uh, Colin Farrell plays this guy. Danny Walker is the name of this character. And he starts off as a huge asshole. Then you find out he's, like, kind of like an okay guy at the end. But he gets killed by the real bad guy. Mm. Um, I think they were trying to do something like that with him. Make him, like, seem kind of, like, redeemable at the end. He was a prick the whole movie. And, like, a silver spoon prick, too. And the scene where where Bob Stein punches him out was awesome. That was nice, yeah. Um, So I, I thought he was an interesting character, if nothing else, you know? Yeah. I don't know. What'd you think? I mean, maybe it's just, like, preconceived notions, but, like, the second he, uh, he, uh, like, entered the movie, it was just like, ugh, I hate this guy. Okay, yeah. Well, I don't know like, why. the first thing he says is, like, it's Mr. Yeah, Maxwell exactly, to you. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's like, why? Well, yeah. I'm not gonna call you <laughs> They To me, I imagine him as mo- even more of a pathetic figure in real life than... The movie, and I don't even know much about him, but like that was just, mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, again, preconceived notions for me. Um, but I, I did think, um, Robert Maxwell was, was one of, actually probably one of the best, uh, characters in the movie. Um, he almost, he was so evil and great. <laughs> I like, it, actually, in my version of it, if I, if I was to lean into, you know, the, the, um, spy thriller, aspect of it i think there would be a scene where he's got hank rogers tied up like bond strapped down with like the laser and he's going give me the handheld rights to tetris (laughs) mr rogers you know he had he had sort of like the bond villain uh, (laughs) vibe to him uh which i love like i I just i fucking loved it he's like we're going to see gorbachev my buddy yeah. and, like <laughs> that was awesome and, and Gorbachev was cool in this movie he's like get the fuck out of here bitch like get take your take your communist propaganda give it to somewhere yeah. that wants it uh, which I thought was like great like him sucking Touchdown. up to him was great too yeah where he's like what kind of nation do you want to be oh, I love when he's like yeah I'm not trying to um, you know make a deal I, exchange of information 
Like I give you these fucking, these encyclopedias, which will make give you you're they're not gonna get any. And like, from what's this. the deal with those encyclopedias? Is it like literal encyclopedias? It's the, um, like the, is that in Encarta? Is that what it is? Um, maybe we should look that yeah. up. But yeah, it's like they're literal um, encyclopedias. We should we should mention too that like the uh, the company that he owns is um, bankrupt. This guy. This guy, by the way, is the father of Glenn Maxwell. Yeah. yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I I feel like those two names, obviously, I know, but just putting them together, holy! Yes, he. So Def- just nothing good going on with him. <laughs> this is one evil motherfucker. God damn. Um, let's I see. Think like halfway through the movie, I, I looked it up because I was like, Maxwell. Hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, oh. yeah, yep. Yeah. So, oh, so yeah, they had it. They had um, encyc- like encyclopedias that they were um, trying to trade for them for Tetris, basically. Which is like, you know, if it like truly in a world like truly in a world where prof- there is not like a profit motive or whatever, that would be a yeah. fair that would be a fair trade, you know, like whatever. Yeah. But he know <laughs> he knows that that's not gonna do shit for them and everything's falling apart and so he's just trying to make this deal before the rug is pulled from under them you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. yeah what he's yeah. so full he's so full of shit <laughs> he doesn't he does not care and and i think that you know everyone sees through him basically like no one oh everybody yeah <laughs> he's like uh, the real okay, so real we got villain, <laughs> i think of the movie yeah. he, he is he is the real villain like he's this and uh, the actor who I will find who plays him does a great. He has such a commanding voice. I love, I love his voice. It's just like so booming. Um, Roger Allen does mm-hmm. a great job, I think, of of Robert Maxwell and kind of making like he's probably like the most other than the KGB agent, like the most cartoony kind of character. But I think he like does a good job, kind of bringing some gravitas mm-hmm. to that uh, to that role. Um, okay, so we got the three people negotiating here. We got Stein. We got. The Maxwells, and we got uh, our buddy Hank Rogers, and um, Belikov. This guy is just playing every single person against each other. One of the best parts of the movie, I think, is he goes in and uh, he goes to Stein, and he's like, "Listen, in order to give you the handheld rights, we're gonna renegotiate the rights for everything else." And he gives him a new contract to sign. But this guy is so desperate to get those handheld rights, he just signs it, and then he doesn't realize that he's assigned away everything because, like. What uh, what they did? Belikov changed the definition of a of a PC console to have to have specifically a keyboard and mouse, which I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. And like this guy just completely fucked that, himself. That was real and, too, like that. Yeah, I I that was so great. I loved that. And uh, effectively, that cuts out uh, that cuts out Stein, and I think it more or less cuts out Maxwell too. Does it not? Um, just from, yeah, from those, because they, it could only, they could only then publish, yeah, like the PC rights, right. yeah. Um, and there, there is a, uh, there is a subplot where, um, Robert Maxwell is making a deal with this corrupt KGB agent to get the Tetris race. He's going to bribe him. And, and it's worth noting, Kevin Maxwell allegedly says no. Um, he says no in the movie. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so, so that obviously doesn't plan out and, and the KGB guy, is actually arrested at the end of the movie after this amazing car chase. 
I love the car chase. <laughs> that was where it's like, you know, that this did not you know what? happen. Well, I, I, they, I, yeah, you're watching it, it you're clear. just like, this, this yeah. is clearly, yeah. Like with the... It's like, this this didn't happen. The animations and the music, it was just that like, was okay, this, is a, this is a joke. Yeah. yeah. I, I was all about that. I was just like, you know what? I'm watching a goddamn movie and I'm entertained right mm-hmm. now. This is great. Um, but yeah, so eventually what happens is, uh, is Rogers brings Howard Lincoln and uh, Arakawa to to Russia with him and is just like we're giving you five million bucks for the handheld rights take it or leave it after they find out and so they conditionally sold the the rights to uh, the Maxwells but their company is bankrupt and they don't have any money to pay for them so guess what they aren't getting those rights so from uh, the Phoenix rises here and Hank Alexi and uh, Nintendo get the rights to publish uh, Tetris for the Game Boy, and everybody escapes Russia in that aforementioned car chase, which is great. And eventually, Alexi comes with his family to uh, to uh, America as well. Poor Alexi, man. This guy just got fucking boned over and over in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, that was like a night. Nice, well, even in that final deal, it didn't actually give him anything, uh, I believe. No. Like, they, he just came and he got, you know, it, Hank yeah. kind of hooked him up, you know. Not hooked him up. I, I mean, the I game is due. To see... <laughs> he did, yeah. He, I mean, for what it's worth, I I don't know any, but, but like Hank Rogers seems like a, a fair guy, like a nice guy, yeah. and like he was true to his word, both in the movie and in real yeah. life. It seems like, and they went on to form the Tetris Company, and both are, I'm sure, like mega kajillion bajillionaires or whatever. So like, yeah. they're doing pretty well. But yeah, that's that's basically how the movie, you know, that's basically how the movie ends, and. I like. I thought the second half specifically was like riveting. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I, I thought it was really, really, really good. Like really good. I know it. Like it had some issues. Like I said, I, I was really impressed with this Tetris movie. I was not expecting to like it that much, if at all. And yeah, I, I just like. I don't know if it's because my expectations were so low, but I was just like, damn, that was like really good. And, and it also helps that like you know we're we're Nintendo nerds, or at least I am, and like um a lot of that stuff is really fascinating to me, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, what did you think? Uh, yeah, I, I liked the, uh, I guess the legal, like the rights mm-hmm. discussion of it, like determining like the PC and console thing. Cause that's where, that's like where the big confusion of it, uh, comes through. And it's like, it's like very, uh, English, uh, major nerd of me, but it's just like, <laughs> I, I love when you see I love when you see like big legal cases that are like the decisions mm-hmm. are based off of like one cent or even just like one word or oh, like yes. a comma like can like change the meaning of something and it's like yeah so there's like a, a misunderstanding between like Elorg and Stein over what the definition mm-hmm. is in the contract like Elorg says PC and they they mean you know what we think of as a pc today but you know this is you know i guess we're still early days of cons a console and a console is just essentially a computer just that has a specific purpose and you could interpret you know a home console as a pc so Mm -hmm. that's where like Mm -hmm. that's what stein interprets it as and they have to basically go back in and be more specific yeah and that's yeah and it's it's also like the 
for me, it's interesting to think about because of like that some of those early days of video gaming where um, just in terms of the marketing of certain things, like um, certain consoles were marketed as computers and and vice versa because of even though they did similar applications because of how they should be presented. And I find that interesting to think about um, even in the history of Nintendo, like with the NES when they launched it in America, they wanted it not to seem like a video game console, but like a toy. Um, mm. And yeah. I don't know, it's, it's a little different than the legal aspect of it. I th- I'm thinking of it more from the marketing aspect, but that that is cool to see or like to think about, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes me think um, of like phones and like a phone, a phone is a like phone. a personal computer. Like how, how do they, uh, <laughs> you know, separate yeah. that out? There- there is a great part in the BBC Tetris documentary at the very end of it. It's in 2004 this is made and it's like it's very ominous and it's almost like foreshadowing but it's like it's it's like the last line of the documentary. I can't exactly give do it justice but there, it's something like and now Tetris uh, is doing well taking on a whole new world on mobile phones <laughs> and then it's like the end and I was like whoa <laughs> I have Tetris on my phone <laughs> the next shot is the last of us <laughs> uh, worth mentioning worth mentioning Tetris so we do get a real happy ending here and I think what was the deal where it was like they made it was like uh, they were gonna get like a buck uh, per unit sold or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't Tetris. remember exactly. Whatever the deal they made was, was a freaking awesome deal because Tetris goes on to become the highest selling video game ever. Ever. Up until Minecraft took it over. And I don't even think it was that long ago that Minecraft took it over. Just a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. This game has sold almost 500 million <laughs> copies. Wow! Fuck yeah! <laughs> like now, granted, they're they're including I think a lot of the different versions oh, yeah. of Tetris but together still, in that, you know. but, yeah. but like <laughs> even so, yeah, you know that is crazy. Oh, for sure, yeah, crazy. My my so, yeah. my final feeling on it was that like if you're saying like social networks and A and you're like this is more of a B, if we're putting a tier grade on it for me, it's like a C, and it's not because it's not accurate. It's more of like I kind of felt like it had one foot in sort of the historical retail and and I think you got to do that regardless but the historical nature and then kind of like the spy thriller nature and I kind of either wished it leaned more towards like not the accuracy but capturing uh, like like um similar to like the iron claw like the iron claw changed things about reality but it kind of kept the core mm-hmm. the the core like themes it was going for I kind of wish it leaned and it was more a movie like that or it was more of a even more of a spy thriller. Like I actually would have been fine with it if it was not completely crazy over the top, but you know, like even like even more. But then then it runs the risk of uh, really infringing upon this book, which sounds interesting to me. I kind of want to read that book because I feel like that might be more in line with the tone. I guess I could imagine it being. So it's not that yeah. I disliked it, but more that I was sort of left like. Like that it was kind of like in between two different movies that I that I sort of picture that could be good, and it, it didn't. I don't know. It didn't strike a bal- It didn't strike the right balance for me personally. To be like mm. up here, that was my that was sort of my feelings on it. 
Yeah, you know, like, like I, I think that's fair. Um, I, 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 like I said, I really enjoyed it, um, and I think that like it, w- it was just a lot better than I uh, than I thought that it was going to be. And, and to your point, so like the the real life, like the real life Hank Rogers, Alexi, uh, I, I always fuck up his last name. Patchinoff reviewed this. They, they they basically said like, listen, a lot of this didn't actually happen. Like a lot of this is just embellished, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So like, the, there's definitely some of that, but I think. At least I thought like they, there was enough, there was enough points where I was like, this is clearly embellished and not real. But it wasn't, it didn't distract from like the core point of the story, which was like how the Tetris rights got to where they eventually like ended up getting. And so like I, I think, like I said, like I, I think I agree with some of your criticisms. I think maybe the difference is like it didn't like detract from. Mm-hmm the movie for me like i i acknowledge them and there's definitely some stuff that i probably particularly like we we're kind of saying like the first act it's a lot mm-hmm. that they probably could have had a bit more room to breathe but um yeah it, it didn't it didn't knock the movie off the tightrope that it was walking for mm-hmm. me oh yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. all right well uh yeah there we go that was the the tetris movie which is uh of course Available right now on <laughs> Apple TV, directed by John S. Bard. Bayard? I don't know yeah. how you say this dude's name. I've seen one um, of his other Matthew movies. Matthew Bond's in this. Actually, um, he directed this movie with, uh, who was in it? John C. Riley and someone else. Uh, Stan and Ollie. Mm. It was about Laurel and Hardy that came out a few years okay. ago. I, I had no idea it was the same director, but I have seen that one and I remember it. That that's like should be a bit of a biopic too, um, and I enjoyed it, but I, I don't remember much about it. But so yeah. okay, you know, I'm 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 um, not another... sold on this director yet, but <laughs> yeah, I I would watch I I would watch another of his movies for yeah. sure just to kind of get a, a gist of it. Um, uh, another yeah, Matthew Vaughn and uh, Taron Egerton. Uh, another collab between these guys. I, I'm a big fan of the Kingsman movies. I think those mm-hmm. movies are pretty slick. They have, I like those movies. So they have some other. What's their other connection? They have other connections too. They, they yeah they have another buzz, thing that they do together. Looks like must be. Um, <laughs> let me let me see if I can find that actually because I have some trivia pulled up here. So uh, Rocket Man. That, that's the other movie that they did together, which is actually is like. Uh, so Sam was watching that one day, and I was only kind of watching it in the peripheral. And I actually kind of wish that I would have watched it because it's not like a really good, awesome yeah. movie. Yeah, it, it yeah. is. It's much it's better good. than Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh ever. yeah, it's gotta be right. <laughs> I, I don't. I've never seen it, but like what about Eddie the Eagle. No. Did Matthew Vaughn Eddie direct Eagle. that? Okay, yep, that's the uh, that's the him, Taron. I'm not gonna say his last what's name the, anymore. What's Eddie the Eagle about again? <laughs> it's a. It's also. It's based on a true story of uh, an uh, Olympic um, skier. And he's yeah, yep, yeah, you're it's right. It's kind of an underdog story. It's actually, I believe, it was the same Olympics with the the Cool Runnings, the Jamaican Bob Oh, team. then it must be good. Then, <laughs> I remember them like briefly referencing it in the movie. I believe that was the same Olympics. But anyway, let's see. This is the uh, the 1988 Winter Olympics held in by God Calgary, Alberta, <laughs> Canada. Yeah, uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so that's the movie. You like I said, I I think it's worth if you can get yourself like a free subscription to Apple TV. I think you could do a lot worse than watching this for two hours. I, I think it's really cool. And if you're like a Nintendo fan specifically, like seeing some of those characters come to life was like so 
awesome. Like like seeing Lincoln and, and I'd watch the adventures uh, of Howard everyone Lincoln. else. That'd be a good show. Oh, 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 oh dude, that would be so want, like, good. An episode where he's got to defend Nintendo and the Donkey Kong rights. Uh, Donkey Kong. It's like, uh, it's like Boston Legal, just yeah. like a different like Nintendo case every week. It, that would oh, be. Yeah. Awesome. You have different cameos. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You eventually build up to the big uh, Phoenix Wright crossover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get Phoenix Wright. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, so we also watched. Well, I, when I say we, I mean you. <laughs> we watched uh, a lot of crap. About it. <laughs> so, I do want to recommend talk about as as much as or little as you want to, because I only got about half an hour into this documentary, but it, it was pretty that, cool. That's cool. Yeah. So we watched. I want to recommend that BBC documentary from Russia mm-hmm. with Love. Uh, it's it's very well told as well. Um, and then we watched this documentary called The Ecstasy of Order. And it's very fascinating because it's about the first sort of like competitive Tetris tournament, sort of. Um, it actually has mm. some connections to our show a little bit because we previously covered The Wizard, um, the Fred Savage movie. And in it, yeah. it's, it's about them traveling to the Nintendo World Championships. And and that those championships are kind of the root of the people making this movie, the kind of the guy who's running this tournament um, competed in the, in those championships. Tetris was one of the games, I believe if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And this, this movie was made in 2010, I think, or 2009. And it's from that time. And it's about a guy now. uh, (laughs) Now we're far away from that. And a lot of things have happened, but like at that time, you know, they were removed from that. He, they're all grown up, and he kind of wanted. This mm-hmm. was before. This was like right on the cusp of you know like Twitch and like esports, like really breaking out. You know, so like, um, yeah. he's he's. It's like it's it's a really like cool story because it's like it's before that, but it's like them setting up kind of this like worldwide or I guess nationwide tournament of tetris players on tetris for the nes and it's it's just such a fascinating like look into that snapshot of time like before like before it was taken worldwide and before like even before like some real hardcore like strategies have been developed for the game like there were a lot of people who had mm-hmm. a lot of strategies but like there was some like there was one person in the movie that didn't know you could rotate the block the other way you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like now that just probably wouldn't even fly you know mm-hmm. <laughs> <Huh>? yeah <laughs> um what uh i guess andy since you, you only saw a little bit of it like what was what did what did you sort of get from it and what you saw um you, you know one thing that's this is probably gonna seem like a silly thing but it, it kind of resonated with me a little bit is when they were interviewing all of the different like professional um tetris players a lot of them said, like, my mom got into it, my dad got into mm-hmm. it, and, like, I watched them play, which is funny, because when I was a kid, I had the SNES version of Tetris that also had Dr. Mario on the same mm-hmm. uh, cartridge. And um, my mom was was really big into Tetris and Dr. Mario, and, like, she didn't play video games ever. Like, never. Um, it, but she was, like, really, really into Tetris. And, and I think I remember being pretty good um not not like great but like pretty good right and like i i never 
like I always gravitated more towards Mario in, in like you know those kind of SNES games but like I always did appreciate like a, a really good and I still do a good game of Tetris and a good game of Dr. Mario so that that I don't know why it just kind of stuck with me seeing it I guess because it just reminded me of like growing up but just um yeah seeing where like all of these different incredible players like kind of came from and how they got inspired and uh it, yeah just I, I guess like the one thing too that stuck out to me is like I think like when your average player plays Tetris, your your natural instinct is clear the lines immediately as fast as you can to avoid buildup where like the professionals intentionally build up on the left or the right side so that they can get like the big Tetrises, right? So like, it's just like, it, it seems so, when you watch it, it's just like, oh, like it, you got to get rid of those lines. Like what do you, you got the straight block, like and you're not, and you're not putting it down there. Like, no, you know, that was my kind of takeaway for it is the strategy and how these players got into it. And I have a lot more to watch. Um, unfortunately, the winner was spoiled for me in the YouTube comments. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's yeah. not even really about who wins to be like, which is fair. Cause they, they didn't want to embellish it, you know, and, and just the actual like way it plays out isn't as dramatic as say like the King of Kong, the Donkey Kong movie. I don't know if you saw that, but mm-hmm. that one, they really embellish it. And like, you want a winner or a loser. This doesn't mm-hmm. have that as much, but one thing you mentioned about the different people and like the things you do that are kind of antithetical about to how you would play the game is like I, I don't know for sure because I'm not super into it but it feels like now too like you watch it and everyone there has a different sort of strategy and a unique way of playing and there's some things they share in common and they've obviously communicated but I, it reminds me a little bit of um, when we're talking about Zelda games and like how to play them efficiently where if, if you and yeah. I are to get into a game and we're going to quote unquote speed run it, we're kind of closer to like where these people are at in this game where like we might play the game and we have different little things we do or differently. And like we learn like little things here and there to speed us up, but we're not doing crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Whereas now the Zelda, like the Zelda speed running thing, it's like you almost have like a script you're trying to pull off you know i think you've you see that almost with any like competitive thing over time is that like there almost becomes like until someone like kind of blows it away for some reason there almost becomes like a specific way of doing things so i think that's what is so special about this is it captures that early era where like you know one person Mm -hmm. just like places things whenever and one person doesn't know how to like rotate the Mm -hmm. block one way and and stuff like that but yeah what was what was your sort of takeaway so i i think my favorite part about the movie is when they're all hanging out in this house (laughs) yeah in california next to the beach and just like hanging out they're sometimes they're playing tetris but like there's there's this one part where they're all at a table i think they're playing poker or some card game yeah and i was like this reminds me of us at the zelda dungeon marathon they're just all like they have this one (laughs) thing in common and they're just hanging out and yeah, you know, talking about that one thing, but also like getting to know each other in other ways. It's unique because, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're talking about everyone they know in their life is like, oh, that's like they're like the Tetris guy or whatever, <laughs> you know. But then they get there, and yeah. it's like it, that it means a different thing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like a different world, you know. I I yeah. sort of related to that big time, and to one mm-hmm. thing you said, Andy, about how people had these different stories of how they got into it. I think it's one thing that actually could have served the Tetris movie well 
Um, they kind of hint at it in the beginning, but it's kind of used as a joke. Um, it's like a throwaway joke, but I think one thing that's interesting about Tetris is it does have like this universal appeal, like of different ages and genders and like it like worldwide mm-hmm. just kind of this kind of universal appeal because it's so simple but so addictive and like yeah. it's like anyone can immediately understand why it's why it's great and why it's fun and and anyone can immediately learn how to play too like it doesn't require a lot of rules yeah. and it's so easy to control and it's it's just funny um people are off, often try to like you know, especially at the time, people are like trying to pathologize like why the game also appeals to women and stuff like that, and I find that always very funny. Uh, I th- I was talking with someone on Blue Sky recently. They were talking about like old articles where they're like trying to like write about like 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 why women like this game or whatever, and it's like not that complicated. It's not that deep, you know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. it's like a simple game. Uh, I remember I replied to them. I was like. Women just love shapes, you know, <laughs> but, but it's like, yeah, it's like, it's so it's, it, you kind of see that here too. I mean, it's mostly like, it's mostly based on their stories, but it's, it's mostly like dudes in this movie, but you even had, uh, I guess there, there was like only really one girl playing. Right. I think, but yeah, I think at that, at no, like the oh, championship, there was, two. There was, there was two. someone, did there, she go? There was two. Sh- Cause there was one with the snake and then there was yes. another one. Yeah. Um, shit with something else too. There, yeah, there was the the the, the one person, the blonde the, with like who always wore all white. And she had like a big, uh, yeah, uh, car. Yeah. What was she wearing around her neck? I can't remember. A big logo. Anyway, she was really funny. She was the one who didn't know you could rotate the yeah. block the other way, <laughs> and she was really funny. Um, and, and I just actually, it was like cool. This like the snapshots of different people. Like it did remind me of the marathon too, mm-hmm. in that. We all of us who go like have our own little like funny quirks, and we're all like these kind of not. I mean, some <laughs> people aren't that interesting, but most of us are. <laughs> most of us are pretty interesting and, and like fun, you know, in a way that you don't normally see in like a movie like the Tetris movie. You know what I mean? Like in in a Hollywood movie mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, you kind of see these like everyone's got their own little. I don't know. I loved everyone. I loved the like one guy who's really into like the Grandmaster Edition Tetris, who's like more of the hardcore gamer. And then like, like I said, I really liked the the girl we were just talking about because she kind of had like this like she was that competitive, you know. And she knocked out the Grandmaster guy, and she was like, <laughs> "Oh, I knocked out the little Grandmaster." She kind of felt bad about it, you know. <laughs> um, just like unique people, you mean? And and like, mm-hmm. I really, I really. W- the the thor i don't know if you ever got to the part where the thor character came in the original yeah not okay. not really no his story his is story insane. is insane they they're wondering like why you know why doesn't he post about all this stuff like what's the deal and it it turns out he had like a really hard hard life like uh his family was broke he was kind of he doing said, all these commercials he was the main source of income for his family the only he said at one point oh, the only the source only, of income uh he yeah. had like a seizure or something he was in a coma you know what i mean yeah. he, he was, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he said he, he had like a it was a brain injury like i think they like took out part of his brain or something like that i don't know it it was in he's had like an intense life but he still like came to this thing and was like 
in good spirit, but he didn't want the limelight or anything, you know, and it's like, there's something like really charming about him. Like he actually, he, he mm. showed up and someone, someone had just set, set the record on Atari Tetris and they're like, here, you want to go? And he like immediately beat the record. <laughs> <laughs> but then in the actual tournament like he didn't do well at all and i i kind of suspected like it is a, there is an aspect to it where like tetris especially at that play level they're at where like they were all really good but it's still at the point where like the game is a bit random and kind of kind of screw you so he might have just not yeah. done good but part of me was like i don't think he wanted to like do good you know what i mean and they uh they all ha- they all kind of had this they all kind of had this goal where they wanted to beat the kill screen, quote unquote, of the game, and no one could ever do it. And it didn't happen like at the tournament, obviously, but it kind of was like a, it kind of gave the movie a nice um, ending at the end where later Thor attempted it like while they were hanging out because he said he had done it, but he didn't record it. And at first you think before you meet him, like, is this even true? You know, this guy's just posting on Facebook t- but why would he lie? Because he, he doesn't have, like, a big following. But eventually he sent, like, a tape. He did it, like, a couple months later and sent it to him. And it kind of gave the movie, like, this nice sort of, like, good good vibe ending to it. You know, where this guy who kind of went through a lot in his life, you know, he didn't want to steal the spotlight. But then, like, he kind of did get to sort of, like, have a couple moments where he showed, like, you right. know, he's really good at it. So... But what's what's crazy yeah, about it is actually just recently, so that that kill screen comes apparently at level thirty in the game, and the reason yeah. they call it a kill screen is it just it effectively kills it falls, you. It falls too fast for you to do anything. Yeah. So recently, a fourteen-year-old kid just a few weeks ago got to an actual kill screen in the game. Yes. Which is not level thirty; it's like level two fifty-five, right? It's something like uh... that. Yeah, I don't know. I think... Uh... I I saw what you're talking about, where, like, some kid went and got... Because I thought that he got... He maxed out the score. Yeah. Is what I thought. But, oh, but okay. that was already done by multiple yeah, people. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think... So, th- yeah, this kid this kid did a level that no one had ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's what's crazy about it. Like, what, the, what you see in this movie is only, like, the beginning of competitive Tetris. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one technique that, like... I guess Thor is really like was like the most adept at where they like they it's what do they call it like phantom it's like a thing where you get your your thumb to vibrate really fast instead of like pressing the button and it like gets the pieces to spin like the way they want to spin it or something like that you know yeah I don't know exactly how it works that sounds well that sounds like Metal Gear Solid (laughs) something so we recently saw um in our in our discord on flashback 64 a couple people were uh wes and uh jeremy were in there talking about this we're like competitive tetris players now um like hold the controller like with their fingers on it and then they kind of actually press it by hitting the back of the controller and like the way Mm. they play it now is completely insane compared to this so it's sort it actually sort of reminded me a little bit of um the King of Kong, the Donkey Kong documentary, where they're fighting over the score that now, decades mm-hmm. later, has long since been completely mm-hmm. surpassed. And so it's kind of... I, I did see a comment that was just like, uh, talk about Thor, that was like, man, Thor Thor might be the greatest of all time, because even the people that have eclipsed him after the fact, like, they all based a lot yeah. of what they do off of Thor. 
which uh, I mean, I I don't know how true that is or not, that but it sounds like something true. that's feasible to yeah. me. Cause, yeah, because yeah, it probably started from there of like holding the controller and trying to vibrate your thumb, and it probably evolved into like moving, mm-hmm. manipulating the back of it or whatever. But it's just so crazy, you know, how far <laughs> the, that has come, and there's it's almost like. There's something so innocent about watching it in this era um, that, mm-hmm. and it was also really nice at the tournament. Um, if in person, Hank Rogers was there and kind of gave a little speech, and then they they had a video uh, of Alexei Pajitnov like speaking to them all, and I mm-hmm. honestly teared up a little bit <laughs> uh, at both of them like showing up to it, you know, and like kind of. I don't know, giving their blessing or whatever. That was really sweet. So it kind of yeah. worked. <laughs> we watched it before the other movie, but it kind of works as sort of like a little postscript to that movie, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was great. It's great. Um, Tetris is a really cool game. <laughs> yeah. It is It is the the perfect game. It really is. Like in, in so many different ways, it is the perfect game. Um, and I think that's why it's so enduring. Yeah, you know, like we're gonna be playing Tetris is gonna be around long after we're dead. <laughs> People are gonna be enjoying it and doing crazy things with it, and you'll always see the spinoffs and the gimmicks and stuff like that. But like, man, the the, the original version of Tetris just like is so it's the perfect game. Like I I remember I remember having it on my calculator in math class yeah. and sitting there <laughs> playing Tetris instead of playing learning math. You know, and like. Um, so yeah, just uh, and I thought I thought that the movie while flawed did did do it justice to the original mm. um you know to the original creation a stylized creation of it anyways i think that like you can have the the documentary like the bbc documentary in the movie kind of like coexist and, and be fine with each other um but yeah I, I i like i said i was i was really impressed uh made me appreciate tetris i actually just ordered the tetris effect book online so i'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to dig that into up. that yeah and, yeah uh I was gonna order the paperback version, but the hard copper the hard cover version is just as expensive. Wow. So I was like, okay, whatever, let's just do this. So yeah, that's uh, a yeah, fascinating, fascinating story. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like super, super interesting. If nothing else, I hope that the movie inspires people to do what I just did. It's like let's learn about the history of Tetris and stuff yeah. like that. So um, yeah, I, I thought it was a win all around. To be honest with you, and far better than I I was expecting it to be. That's true. I. So, yeah. um... Yeah, I definitely expected it to be a much. A I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I guess I kind of expected more like cheese in there, but yeah, I, I could have gone <laughs> for think... some more cheese. Honestly, <laughs> throw some mozzarella in there. Mm. <laughs> a little provolone. Some, some uh, Russian well, cheese. Okay. <laughs> We uh, we're coming to the end here, and, and we made up for our. I think our last episode might have been our shortest episode ever, but this one uh, there's some there's some meat and there's some beef, so yeah. we're we're giving it to you uh, in a virtual theater here today. Um, when does the uh, when does the new ep of uh, Flashback sixty four drop? I know that uh, one just recently came out, so are we looking for like a March kind of release yeah. when uh, people could can have a follow up on this? I think it'll be. I think I think I'm gonna release this one a little bit closer to it. Even maybe I'll have us. Kind of, this will be like the lead in, uh, because okay. we are. I, we don't. I don't want to get into it, obviously. But we're talking about um, uh, one of like one of the attempts of like, what else do we do with Tetris? There was a handful. There's been a handful of these coming on. So I think this might be a good like, 
kind of set up for then like you know this goofy one but the this episode will be uh the uh tetris uh, tetris sphere episode actually will be coming out uh early march so look out for that um it's gonna be fun it's it's you know what i've been playing a ton of that game so uh very different than tetris and i'm excited to also tell people how i feel about that um but i would also i would just say it's worth checking out if you can get your hands on a copy <laughs> there you go um, all right. Well, I, I think that brings us to the end here. Uh, so thanks for, for sticking with us and, uh, you know, learning a little bit about Tetris and going on this journey all the way from America to Japan to Moscow with us as we relive the history of Tetris. Um, so yeah, give us, uh, you know, give us a follow. We, uh, we're, you know, we've been doing this for, for years and years and years. There's tons and tons and tons in the archive that you can go and check out. So make sure that you're doing so over on uh well you can check us out a couple different places you can check us out on twitter at virtual theater x we're over on blue sky at virtual theater um you can join our discord we have all the episodes there tons of different stuff going on give us all a follow as well uh you can check me out i am at spateri 316 goo is at gooey fame uh mckenna is at mckenna games and you know give flashback 64 a follow as well while you're there that is uh is at flashback 64 pod um and su subscribe I mean, you're you're there already right you might as well subscribe oh, yeah. <laughs> and while you're there check us out over on patreon because we've got a ton man we got a ton of stuff in the archive but we've got some cool shit coming up i'm mm -hmm. really excited about it oh yeah <laughs> and uh if you didn't listen to our last commentary episode on tomb raider we revealed what our next uh series on patreon is going to be and it is worth your dollar so go and <laughs> go pay a go dollar and find out yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Um, so, yeah, that is it, everybody. We are going to get out of here. But until next time, you take care, and we'll see you back for another special episode next episode. So until then. Bye. 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 <laughs>